Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you for listening to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello, everyone. This is the late-breaking Formula One podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to us. This is your preview for round five of the 2020 Formula One Championship, the 70th anniversary Grand Prix being held at Silverstone for a second race in a row. With that in mind, let's bring in Harry Eid and Samuel Sage, neither of which are silver nor a stone, but I'm sure they'll have decent input regardless. Hello. (laughs) All right. Welcome to this wonderful land of Formula One chat. I'm not a stone. If we were a silver and a stone, who would be the silver and who would be the stone? I'm definitely not silver. I'm quite frankly as stupid as a rock. So <laughs> that's where I fall into this. And Harry is, of course, as intelligent as a silver. Um... <laughs> as intelligent as a silver penny. Anyway, we're going to be talking about some Formula One topics. Um, We're going to be previewing the race that is happening this weekend. We're going to be asking whether these softer tyres that have been given the go-ahead by Pirelli will give Max Verstappen or indeed anyone else a chance at a run at the Mercedes. Sebastian Vettel, tough race for him last time out. We'll be asking, does he deserve better from the team? Kimi Raikkonen not had a very good start to the season. Neither have Alfa Romeo, his team, in all honesty. Um, Is his time in Formula One nearing its end? Will 2020 be his final season? And then we round things off with a bit of late grading. We're going to take some drivers and ask how their season is going so far. But first of all, this weekend, we saw both Mercedes drivers get punctures towards the end of the British Grand Prix. And we now know that the 70th anniversary Grand Prix, of course, held at Silverstone as well, will feature slightly softer tyres theoretically, increasing the chance for punctures even more. Sam, I'll start with you on this one. Max Verstappen or anyone else, do you think that this gives them a chance? 
Yeah, 100%. That and the fact that this Grand Prix weekend is going to be, in terms of air temperature at least, about 8 to 10 degrees hotter in terms of the reports coming through anyway than the last weekend. Now, we know that uh, the Mercedes do well on the more durable tyre. They like their long runs. Their race pace is always very strong. Yes, of course, they can knock out a fantastic quality lap, but they just seem to be able to stretch away that little bit more when it comes to the race pace. Verstappen, the Red Bull... They've always done very well on that softer compound. They've always done very well at stretching and pushing the difference on those. Mercedes has been a little heavier on its tyres, as we saw. Both Mercedes had a puncture, the same place. Both Red Bull cars were completely fine. Yes, Albon had an extra stop in it, but Max also was relatively all right. You know, there was no major risk that he was going to have the issue, noting that he was maybe a lot lighter on his tyres than those two Merc drivers. I do think if there is any chance this season that uh, a car has an option to have a running at the Mercedes drivers, this is where it happens. Although Pirelli have stated already that uh, the minimum tyre pressures have got to be a lot tying out to possibly uh, negotiate the possible impact of a puncture. And there's now a lot of conversation being thrown up that when Kimi Raikkonen lost his front wing at last weekend's race, he left a lot of debris around the kerb, which both Hamilton, Bottas and Sainz all ran over within about two or three laps after possible tears in the wheel there that have come up. So... Maybe it isn't actually the tyres. Maybe we're going to get to this weekend and Mercedes will just go, yep, yeah, it's exactly the same. Thank you. We'll have another wing. Who knows? And if that's the case, then that was always going to be the case. But I do think there is a chance that Verstappen, not Albon, sorry, Verstappen can take it to Mercedes this weekend. I hope so. Even if it's just a good battle, Mercedes still win. I still just want that fight. So please, Verstappen, do your best. You can do it. Please, Callington. <laughs> Thank you. Words of encouragement from Mr. Sage. Harry, what do you reckon? Do you think that these softer tyres give Max Verstappen even a little bit of an opportunity? Uh, I do. And I'm going to pin punctures uh, for a second because even without that uh, drama last weekend, I think in the hotter conditions we saw on Friday for the British GP, um, the long runs for Red Bull looked quite encouraging in comparison to Mercedes. I'm not going to be bold and say that you know Red Bull are going to be the favourites, but I do think, uh, like Sam says, I think they can be much closer this weekend. Verstappen, in particular, um, and even in yeah, we've seen in hotter temperatures before. Mercedes have slightly struggled more, not just with tyres, just cooling the car in general. So uh, it does seem to present. It does look like it's going to present a, uh, a better opportunity for for Verstappen to to challenge for a win. I mean. Yeah, apart from the punches, Mercedes were roaring up off the road last uh, last weekend. So hopefully Verstappen can challenge. Unpin the punctures. I think um, I've also seen Silverstone have started, they've added a bit of curbing, which was there last year at, at the exit of Beckett's, which they think um, might have caused it. So they did. They had it last year, they didn't have it this year. Another possible theory. But yeah, you know, Pirelli have said it's just down to where and they took the tyres quite far, having pitted under that um, early safety car. So, um, yeah, be interesting to see. But I do think it could be it could be tricky. And maybe, just maybe, we might have a race where we need to have more than one stop. Come on, please, guys. Please. Two stop out. strategy. Well, I don't, I don't quite understand how that works. So they, they come into the pits once and then <laughs> yeah. they come back and then again. again. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Ah, you've lost me. Absolutely lost me. No idea. It's a rarity in Formula One these days. It is. It is, which is a crying shame. Um, I don't necessarily think that 
Max Verstappen immediately gets into the picture because of these softer tyres. However, um, to your point, Sam, the only way these teams are going to get, at least within touching distance of Mercedes, let alone beating them, is for crazy things to happen. On pure pace alone, Mercedes have just got too much. They've got far too much for the, for the other teams. So in a bog-standard race, which it was heading that way at Silverstone last time out, they're just going to run away with it. And it isn't going to be a competition. We've already seen a few times this year, but when things start to go wrong, it, it, you need other factors for these teams to, to come into the picture. So in the first race in Austria, it was via a penalty for Lewis Hamilton. And the only reason he was in wheel-to-wheel contact in the first place was because of the safety car. So I think sort of strategic elements come into it, uh, like I say, penalties and, you know, tyres and punctures. That is another factor that can go wrong. And I think it's variation. Variation is going to give one of these other teams a chance of a victory. I'm not even saying it's going to, they're going to get one, but if everything goes as planned, Mercedes are going to run away with this. Um, and I agree with what you said, Harry, in, in terms of the Red Bull's pace on Friday last time out. And it is looking like it's going to be a, a hot weekend. So maybe that gives them an opportunity. Um, let's face it, if, if Verstappen takes advantage of that and qualifies within six tenths of the Mercedes guys, that's still a step forward, which is sad to say. But that, that would still be the most encouraging thing to happen for a team outside of Mercedes this year. The gap has been that large in normal circumstances um to give mercedes some credit though and to, to you know they, they didn't obviously they were the only team that had two punctures last time out mercedes are very good in terms of adapting they're very good in terms of learning from their mistakes it's very rare that they make mistakes it's incredibly rare that they make mistakes twice so i wouldn't count on them coming into the weekend in the same position as last time out they'll they'll have planned it out they they won't want to uh, go down that same path they know that they've got the speed to win which means they can compromise if necessary if they know that a one stop isn't achievable they can work on the fastest two stop if they know that that if it, if they know that the tires have the possibility of going like they did last time out they'll tell their drivers not to push as much as they did they will have few you know they would have proved this plan they will have got something else together to make sure that there isn't a repeat because realistically the only things that can stop Mercedes, going back to the previous point, is unexpected things and themselves, not other teams. So I think they'll have got a plan together for this weekend, and I think uh, I think they'll avoid the same fate. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to Mercedes if they finish two, three of the Stafford wings, does it? Really, it's not going to affect their championship. The points difference between what them scoring twenty-five and eighteen and scoring eighteen and fifteen is four points difference. Maybe no seven points difference. I mean, like ten points difference. Sam. Are they going? Are they? Uh, thanks, Matt is hard, folks. I told you I was the rock. Um, are <laughs> they really? Are they really going to care? No. So I think in the long term, this will not bother Mercedes regardless. But it might give us a slightly more exciting race, hopefully. Yeah, and I, I think if you looked at the the race last time out, at least until the pit stops happened, there was a about a ten second advantage or so from the Mercedes back to Max Verstappen. They can mitigate that. They they can work with that. They can they can tell their drivers that they can that they can lap three tenths a lap slower or whatever it needs to be and still have a comfortable margin. 
moving on to uh, slightly further down the grid, which is everyone else, um, who is going to be that third best team? Let's say for a second that it is Mercedes and Red Bull straight after them, at least Max Verstappen in that position. We saw Charles Leclerc get the podium last time out. Harry, do you think Ferrari could get another one or do you think another team might step up to the plate? Um, I don't, it's, I'm baffled by Racing Point's pace and where that went last weekend. I mean, they were missing Perez and they may well be missing Perez again this weekend. Um, and in a race where you need to look after your tyres, he really could have been a factor there and could have jumped on that podium, I think. Um, but they didn't look like the third quickest team, did they? I, I'm not really sure. I, I think Leclerc got a really good setup out of that Ferrari and managed it well. Um, obviously, Vettel didn't. There's a lot of drivers who are making their cars look better than they are. Verstappen in the Red Bull, I think that's not deserved of a podium either. Um, but it's a real, a really tricky one to call a third best team. And Ferrari, I saw even today Ferrari saying they're not the third best team yet. But it's quite, it's been such a top, topsy turvy season, you know, below uh, Mercedes. It's kind of hard to to pick a third best team. They're they're so close in that midfield. And I'm putting Ferrari in that midfield at the moment as well, between, you know, McLaren, Renault, Racing Point. Um, that I, I, I really don't know. It could be, I don't, unless, you know, Mercedes have issues again this weekend, I don't see, um, a, a, you know, a Ferrari or a Racing Point on it, to be honest. Just judging by last weekend, it should have been Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. Um, and I think that's going to be the form for a lot of the races this season, barring any mishap. So, Third best team, difficult to say. I'll go with Ferrari, but mainly Leclerc, and I don't think they're going to be on the podium, though. Sam, fairly congested midfield. Do you see one team jumping out ahead of the others? It couldn't be more difficult to call if you tried. Um, I can't remember the last time for a third-place team. We had such a ridiculous array of drivers, of teams, all getting involved in this scrap. You know, it feels like anyone between... The Maccas, Renault, Ferrari, um, Racing Point. You could even say that maybe Alpha Tauri have got a some chance of getting a car up the gas. He's had some great races. Um, it baffles me. It baffles the mind of someone who is already a little bit baffled all of the time. <laughs> and I can't believe that you could say a name, and I reckon you could still be you know twenty to one wrong, easy. You could say another name, and you'd be proven wrong the next day. I would say in terms of consistency. McLaren maybe are just the third team. In the pace that we had last race, before the puncture, Sainz and Norris kind of had things locked down. Yes, Norris was fighting with Ricardo, had a tough start, had to fight through some traffic, got set behind Grosjean a little longer than Sainz did. But those guys do have very strong pace as a team. Renault also, uh, Ocon was looking great. Ricardo managed to get through the chaos and recovered really well. Went from eighth to fourth, which is fantastic. Of course, two cars in front of him went out with a puncture, dropped out the points on a puncture. Um, which elevated him as well. I think if we do get Perez back, I don't think we're going to. Um, I think he will really show off that racing point around there. He's good around Silverstone. That car should be good around Silverstone. I'm hoping Stroll now with a uh, race under his belt in Silverstone can achieve a little more. But I'm, I'm going to say, just by like the whisker of it, um, that McLaren are the third best team. And I think Ferrari... Uh, I think Leclerc is outperforming that car at the moment. I feel very sorry for Vettel. We'll get onto that in the podcast a little bit later on. But um, I, I think that Leclerc is outperforming it. So for me, Sainz Norris in the Macca, I've just got a whisker ahead of um, the Renault and the Racing Point. 
Yeah, I I think it is incredibly close. And the only thing I would say that is kind of negative is that one of these days it'd be brilliant if this kind of fight was for the championship. You know, Mercedes are storming away. Could you imagine a championship where Ferrari, McLaren, Renault, could you could you imagine this fight for third being the fight for the championship? It's just so close between those teams at the moment. And I love that, first of all, because you get great close racing as we've seen in the first few races of the season but but most importantly it puts a greater emphasis on the driver to go out there and perform and you can be more uh, assertive in your opinion that it's this driver who's making the the difference rather than the car itself you know Leclerc like you say he's he did a tremendous job and I think he is somewhat um pushing it along compared to his rivals and yeah that there, there really isn't much to choose i think on pure pace i think it is actually still the racing point that has the third quickest car i think you know hulkenberg obviously getting into the car for the first time it was uh unrealistic to think he was going to be near the front and landstroll i mean landstroll in qualifying was was right there in terms of pace with the McLarens and, and Leclerc in front of him. But we know, historically, Stroll is a pretty awful qualifier. So to put <laughs> someone good in that car, at least in terms of qualifying, I think I think they'd have finished probably third, if not second. So I, I still think the racing point is, is a quick car. Um, questionable pace in the race on Sunday. Don't know whether that was related to Stroll himself, just being, uh, just being not at the races, but... Yeah. Um just being stroll. Stroll. <laughs> oh, poor stroll. Um but yeah, I, I, I I'm really not sure about this one. If I had to go pure pace, I might say racing point. But shall we move on to the main event, which is of course bold predictions. Bring it on. Bring it on. Now, I think someone got their bold prediction right last week. I can't remember who. I'm going to turn the camera off in a minute. Yeah, I'm going to go and let's leave. Yeah. Well, we already know it wasn't Harry um, and it was actually me. So there we go. Two Renos in the top seven. <laughs> Harry, this is your turn to win a week. So what have you got? I am basing mine on uh, a driver being in a car. <laughs> wow. That's great. Bold. That's fantastic. I love that. Good start. You might get this one right. Thank you. Um, Still wouldn't. Yeah, it'll be an empty <laughs> car. <laughs> if Nico Hulkenberg is in that Force, uh, force India, in that racing point this weekend, uh, he's going to be in the top five. Oh. Nico Hulkenberg. Thank you, Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nico Hulkenberg in the top five. Sam, your bold prediction? Um, I'm going to go for a bit of a, a double whammy because I'm not like Ben. I don't pick the easy option. Um, I'm going to say that someone will take Valtteri Bottas out of the race. It will not be a, 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 a failure. He will crash into someone or someone will crash into him. Oh, I've lost focus. Sorry, folks. You can't see my beautiful face. There it is. Hello. Do you mean in um, life or on your camera? Uh, well, both. Focus is lost many times a day for me. It's hard to know what I'm doing. Uh, so that will happen. And then because of that, I think a racing point, hopefully, Nico Olkenberg will get a podium. All right. So double whammy. Bottas retires from the race due to contact from another driver. And... I didn't say retires. He just doesn't finish on the podium. Okay. He doesn't finish on the podium due to yeah. contact with another driver. 
and yep. Racing Point. One of their cars does finish on the podium at least. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's bold. It's bold. Um, my one also relates to the podium. Um, and I'm sticking Lewis with Hamilton. We'll be on it. Well, no, I'm going to go a <laughs> bit more bold than that. Um, I'm going to stick with my uh, my Renault predictions here because obviously it did get me the win last time out. If I hadn't mentioned that before, um, Daniel Ricardo. He's going to be on the podium. Yes, yeah, Danny Rick. Yeah, I love Come it. On. I would love to see a Nico Hulkenberg, Danny Rick, Lance Stroll podium. <laughs> and then what a Sam race Roker. waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Well, that leads us very nicely on to poll one, two, three. So, Sam, what is your actual poll one, two, three? I think that. Lewis Hamilton will get pole after what was quite a dominant display, actually, it turns out, in Q3 last week out. I think that um, Lewis Hamilton will win the race, and I think he'll have a really, really close battle with um, with Max Verstappen, actually. I think the slightly softer tyres, the, the higher tyre pressures, the wear, the strategy's always been good for Red Bull. I think they're going to come into this race a bit more. I think Lewis will still take it, so Verstappen's second. And then... Nico Hulkenberg will finish in third place. <laughs> love it. Yes. Absolutely love it. Harry, what have you got? Uh, I've got Hamilton for pole as well. Uh, pretty formidable formidable around Silverstone. Um, but I'm going to put Bottas on the top step. I think that's a good race pace last weekend till the till the tyre failed. And he, he dropped back. But, only, but for most of the race, he was there with Hamilton. So I'm going to put Bottas on the top step. Verstappen second and Hamilton third. What happens to, to Hamilton in your world? Uh, he he's he just he's just slow. All oh, right, <laughs> I, I can't remember. Hang on, let me, let me just, the case, yes. Yeah, let me look yeah. back through history. Oh, I can't, I can't quite see the last time Hamilton was slow. Uh, no, he's just going to struggle with his tyres. <laughs> All right, you've got Nico Hulkenberg on your podium. What are you talking about? Life, mate. I'm living it. <laughs> Breathe it in. <laughs> Right, my poll one, two, three. <laughs> uh, I was drinking my tea while you're flipping. Oh, sorry, I'm going to spat out my tea on camera. Good stuff. <laughs> I will make it a trio of Hamilton pole positions. That three temps gap was pretty convincing last time out, so I think he'll get it again. Um, but I'm going to agree with Harry. I'm going to go with Valtteri Bottas winning the race with Lewis Hamilton second, and of course, Ricky Bobby in third. <laughs> Love that. We've got a bit of variation. I'm pretty certain none of them will come true. Talking about some variation. Beautiful. Thank you. you. (laughs) Who? What? Moving on to Sebastian Vettel. Ended up finishing in 10th place at the British Grand Prix, whereas his teammate Charles Leclerc finished on the podium. There was a... uh, a radio interaction between him and Bonotto towards the well on the uh, on the cool down lap, where Sebastian Vettel didn't respond to Bonotto after he'd uh, after he'd come over the radio and said something. Tough race, Sam. Does does Sebastian Vettel deserve better? Oh baby, I mean, come <laughs> on. I did that to my glass, by the way. Did it sound all right? Um, honestly, 
I, I'm, I'm a bit heart-wrenched for old semi Bear. It, it's reminding me of Sebastian Vettel when he was back at Red Bull and he got a bit arsy about something. You know, he was a bit of a stroppy kid. But Sebastian Vettel is now, what, 33 years old and a four-time world champion and one of the most successful drivers of all time. And I think has every right to be like, you know what, Bonotto? You and your little curly hair and your silly glasses can bugger off. Um, that's nothing against glasses, whereas I've got them on right now. Just saying. Um, honestly... I feel really bad for him. I think that car, I know they get the same machinery, but I think the focus is all on Leclerc. Vettel is more than good enough that I think there's more in this situation than him just struggling at Ferrari. I don't think that a four-time world champ that has beat so many great drivers across the history of his time in Formula One would all of a sudden not be able to drive that car better than 10th place today. There was such a difference in time between Leclerc and Vettel that yes, I do think Leclerc drove better than Vettel, but I don't think that that gap is completely true when it comes to his overall performance. He, As he said, I had no performance in the car, never felt comfortable. I tried so many different techniques throughout the race. Nothing was working. What am I doing here? I feel like he's wasting a whole year of his career doing this. And then he keeps elbow bumping like Otmar, doesn't he? He's like, hello. All right, mate. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. But he anyhow, like, oh. it did. You want a lift? It's better than a Ferrari. And he's gone, yeah, all right. He um, literally has a Ferrari, though, what my does. <laughs> ironic. That's awkward, isn't it? That is ironic. He's Get into also this German, not from <laughs> London. I thought Otmar Schaffnauer was Canadian, wasn't he? I'm talking about Vettel. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I'll get in your car, yeah. We all know that when I imitate a driver, everyone is Cockney, okay? That's how it works. Um, they're all from just different parts of London. Anyway, back to my point. I think Vettel's still got the talent he needs to be a great racer. I think Vettel has still got what it takes to win races. I think that something deeper has happened at Ferrari. It's knocked him for six. He looks a mess. He looks so almost unwell. He looks tired and stressed. He doesn't look happy at all. The car is still the same, but I do think the setups and the focus is on Leclerc, which is helping. He's lost his mojo a little bit, but I think he's still got it. I think he's still got what it takes. I think you put him in a place where he's happy. I think he will happily churn out results for you. Um, Semi Vett is a class driver, and I think wait till you see him out of that team next season. If he is in Formula One, hopefully, then you'll see it back. Harry, do you think Vettel deserves better? I mean, he, yeah, he deserves better than the car he's got. He is still a four-time world champion. Um, it's, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it, like Sam says, is the environment of Ferrari. I still don't understand the, yeah, I get Ferrari want to, you know, secure their, their drivers early, but to to let him go, um, you know, to tell him before the season's even started, and I know it was delayed, but before we've even turned a wheel on a, on a racetrack, on a race weekend, just doesn't make sense because, you know, he might be motivated for himself, but he obviously doesn't, I, he, he says that he feels still feels part of the team, but I don't think he does. I don't think he feels the team is behind him. He's clearly got something, you know, he's clearly mad at, at Bonotto with that message. I don't care what anyone says. That, that was just awkward. He didn't want to respond to what Bonotto said. Um, yeah, I, I just get the feeling he doesn't want to be there anymore. Um, whether he wants to be out of F1 entirely, I don't know. I think he probably does want to stick around. And I think the, the deal is uh, going to be done with Racing Point. I just think that's going to happen. Um, but I just hope if that does happen, he goes to a team where, I don't know, Otmar or someone can... He, he's always needed that someone to kind of 
and they put their arm around him. You know, he had Rocky at Red Bull, who I think was so instrumental in his championships, um, just to have that someone there. I mean, maybe that's what Alex Albon needs. I don't know, because Red Bull's a tough environment, but different topic. Um, yeah, I just think he needs a different environment. I think Ferrari's completely drained him over the past few years, you know, and we saw in Hungary when they made a strategy call and he went against it and made a different one himself, which then gained him like fifth place in the race. Um, it's like, it must be exhausting for him to, to you know, have to run that team as well as drive the car, etc. Um, and the car's bad as well. And we know Seb needs a, a solid setup on his car to be quick. They took a lot of wing off that Ferrari to make it quick in a straight line. It doesn't suit him, whereas Leclerc managed to make it work. So, um, yeah, he does deserve better. Um, I don't think the car is right for him, the environment's right for him, and he's just not happy, which is it's pretty tragic to see. Oh, I'm not going to get many fans from this. Um, oh, I, I, re- I, you know, I really like Seb. He's one of my favourites on the grid. Um, and I really do think he's a legend of the sport. But the term, what have you done for me lately, I think really applies here. Does he deserve better? He had better and he fluffed a championship. Um, all, I've se- all I've seen from the past few days is you know, poor Seb. He deserves so much better. For goodness sake, Ferrari. And yeah, Ferrari suck. You know, Vettel's <laughs> dealing with his worst car since... Is he dealing with his worst car ever? Maybe. Slowing that to a Rosso, isn't it? Well, I mean, that won a race. Uh, I don't know if this Ferrari is going to win a race. So, yeah, no doubt this Ferrari isn't very good. I'm not going to deny that for a second. But take it as an opportunity. You prove your worth. We speak a lot about Michael Schumacher and how he proved himself as a legend of the sport by winning championship after championship with Ferrari. But I think he proved his legendary status just as much through what he was able to do with those terrible Ferraris in the 90s. He proved himself then, and he proved himself when the car was at its best. You need to be able to do both. Vettel has an opportunity to show that he can elevate a car that is rubbish, and he's not doing it. And Charles Leclerc is stuck in exactly the same spot, and he is doing it. Four races, Leclerc has finished on the podium twice, and on both of those occasions, Sebastian Vettel has finished in 10th place. Would we give anyone else this amount of leeway? You know, Alex Alban, we, we we constantly say Alex Alban isn't doing a good enough job, and rightly so. Him being miles off his teammate, he's crushed for it. And and not to say that some of that criticism isn't deserved. You know, he needs to be in a better position. But there's no consistency. There's there's no poor Alex Alban. He deserves better. It's do better, Alex. And I think it's the same here. Vettel needs to do better. He's not performing at his best, and. I, I agree with what you say with Ferrari in terms of not even offering him the contract and leaving him in a demotivated status for this entire year was uh, moronic. But from Vettel's own perspective, I think he just needs to get on with it and prove what a legendary driver he is. And he's not doing it. I mean, you've both made really valid points there. So don't listen to my crap at the start. They were both very much right. Well done. But Ben I mean, hates Sebastian Vettel, confirmed. Yeah, that's true now. So there you go. Ben absolutely <laughs> despises Sebastian Vettel. This, this is true. I, I can't stand it, of course.
Anyway, moving on uh, to a former Ferrari driver, Kimi Raikkonen, who has been at Alfa Romeo for last season and the first part of this season. Do you think Kimi's time is, is nearing an end in Formula One, Sam? Well, I was chatting to Kimmy in the old people's home the other yeah, day. Yeah. And he he did tell me that, you know what, he really couldn't be bothered to get out of the seat to go and get in the Alfa Romeo. And I said, Oh, right. Why is that, mate? And he said, I just don't care anymore. I'm bored. I just do it because it's fun. It's a hobby. I don't even think it's fun for him anymore. I think Kimmy needs to move over. I am bored of the meme. That is, this is going to upset a lot of people. I'm really sorry. I'm bored <laughs> of the meme that is Kimmy Riking. It's not funny anymore. He doesn't do the silly little gimmicks that he used to do, you know, with the ice cream or holding up the truth lie sign the wrong way around, not having a clue. He just does, when I drive, I take my time adverts and they are the worst adverts ever made he moans at the back and swears at his engineers for almost what feels like no reason he is just not enjoyable to watch anymore and it's slow and i'm annoyed that giovanazzi is beating him so well because ben said he would and i i stuck with kimmy because i had so much faith with him and he's he's let he's let me down i've got nothing left and i i'm ready for a youngster to come in and give it a go that seat may not be the best seat at all in formula one but it's still a proving ground you can still fight you can still have a go you can still show off your skills for the future and there are a lot of young ferrari academy drivers who are doing a fantastic job in the lower formulas i don't see why kimmy needs that seat for another year he's he has had a fantastic time in motorsport he, i'm sure he could go off and do something else or raise his children to be equally as good at motorsport but for me, Kimmy is done. I, I'm, I'm good with this being his last season. Cheers for all the good times. See you later. Come back in a few years' time with your kids. Enjoy it. Bye. I, I, there is a problem there, and that is that if Kimmy Raikkonen doesn't race in Formula One anymore, that gives him more time to do adverts. <laughs> and he really can take his time, can't he? <laughs> Oh no, no! Stay in Formula One, Kimmy, please. <laughs> Harry, what, what do you say? Do you think that Kimmy Raikkonen has been racing in Formula One for nearly twenty years? Do you do you think his time is uh, is coming to an end? Uh, yeah, I th- I think so. I, a bit of me, well, hindsight's one of the things. A bit of me wishes he'd kind of just done one year at Alfa Romeo and then gone uh, gone off in running into the sunset. Um, clearly, this year is not going well for Alfa Romeo in general. The car doesn't look great. Um, but Kimmy doesn't seem, I don't know, doesn't seem particularly motivated or, or quick. So, um, yeah, he's had a great run. We all love Kimmy. Um, but yeah, maybe he's just stayed one year too long. But I, I think this will be his last year and he'll happily, happily go and we'll say sayonara to, to Mr. Raikkonen. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be kind of, I don't know, not sad. But it's uh, that the last of that era. Although Alonso's coming back next year, so there is that. Um, but yeah, it's time. It's time for one of the. There's so many uh, good Ferrari juniors coming up through the ranks that the, one of them's got to get that seat. Maybe two of them. Maybe they'll both. Maybe they'll be. Uh, maybe both Giovinazzi and Raikkonen will go next year. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is the last one for Kimi. Yeah, I think. Um... With Kimi Raikkonen, your motivation isn't straightforward and the level of your car doesn't necessarily mean that the motivation will be the same for every driver who goes into it. There's a lot more in this. And I think think it comes down to two things, motivation, and it comes down to a mixture of character 
uh, and a mixture of previous experience. So you know, from Kimmy's perspective, character, you know, why why do you love to race? And for, for some, that answer will be money. For some, it will be fame. For some, it will be simply winning. You know, one driver might be very motivated earning 25 million a year in an awful car. Um, for another, that might not work at all. And they'd be much more motivated for 2 million in a great car. You know, the, people's motivations are not the same from, from Kimmy's perspective you know he he loves driving and and that's why that's why he's there and he might he might hide it behind his uh his steely exterior but he finds f1 fun that's why he's still there and last season you know he was getting stuck in these midfield battles really quality scraps there and that's not there this year, at least at the moment. So you know, the fun was definitely there last year. This this year, he has to deal with the car being you know, the worst or the second worst there and you know, being demoted to the back of the grid with not a lot to do. And the other part of the motivation, so, I mean, Kimi hasn't exactly ticked that box. You've, you've got experience. And Kimi Raikkonen's seen it all and done it all. He, he's been there. If you, you know, there's a reason why the likes of Sebastian Vettel only want to race for a team that's capable of winning. Uh, it's because he's been in Formula One for a dozen years and uh, you know, he's become accustomed to a winning car. Uh, there's no motivation for him to be in a car that's any less capable of that. Sim- you know, In contrast, George Russell. George Russell is in a car that I'm sure he believes he is much better than, but he still remains motivated. Why? Because... He's got no experience because he knows he's got his best years ahead of him and it's leading to that. So from Kimi Raikkonen's perspective, at 40 years old, world driver's champion, has, has done everything in the sport, taken over 20, 20 wins. There isn't much motivation for him being plodding around at the back of the grid, not fighting anyone. So I wouldn't be surprised if Raikkonen does call it a day at the end of this season. I would not be surprised if Kimi Raikkonen calls it a day before the end of this season. Um not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if that did happen. And yeah, like you say, there are so many great Ferrari driver academy guys coming through that would happily take that spot. Um, I wouldn't be sad if Kimi Raikkonen decides to stick around for another year again, but at the same time, it does seem like the perfect uh, perfect way to go out. What at the back? Sounds great, didn't it? I'll leave Kimi alone. No. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. He literally wants that. Um, he's keeping up his reputation of hating Finnish people. <laughs> I thought he was from Sweden. Oh God. I'm not having that again. I know he's from Finland, by the way, folks. All right, break time's over. It's time to get back into school. It's time for late grading. Oh, miss, I forgot my pen. Just a little bit too long, Matt. (laughs) Also, Sam, you are the person that would forget the pen. Goodness me. I was well good in school. I clearly recessed from... You're the type type of person that would come in and say they've done the homework in their head. (laughs) Yeah, but then I get it all right, so... It doesn't count. (laughs) Off topic. All right. We've got a few drivers to get through here. We're going to be looking at three drivers and asking, you know, what grade would we give them for the first four races of the season? So we're going to start with Carlos Sainz. Harry, if you had to give him a grade for these first four, 
What are you going for? Uh, I'm going to give Carlos an eight. I think he's been really unlucky this year. Um, obviously, he had the puncture in Silverstone when he was on for fourth. Uh, sorry, fifth. Um, and he should have. Did he? Ha- did he have a mechanical issue in Austria? I think as well. Um, yeah, I think he's been as good as Norris, but Norris has just had the the luck on his side, and um, you know, picked up the podium last lap. Lando, he's he's had a good year so far. They both have. But I just think uh, Sainz has been pretty unlucky and has been performing really well. So I'm going to give him an eight. Sam, what do you reckon? I thought we were grading these like school grades. Oh, right. I'll give him a, a B plus. <laughs> B plus. <laughs> right. That helps. I've got mine in letters as well. Oh, good. We are doing letters. All right. I thought I got it wrong again. Um, <laughs> I would give him a B minus. Um, Carlos Sainz is a fantastic driver. He's come off the best season of his career, in my opinion, uh, last time out. Obviously, got that podium in Brazil, which is a fantastic drive. Um, he's been good. He has been very good this season. I think he's been outdriven by his teammate. I think Lando has come along and, and done the business so far on that McLaren. I think Silverstone, before the puncture, was really the first time he's properly outdriven Lando. Um, but he's doing what he needs to do. He's showing off why he deserves a Ferrari seat. Not that that's much of an accolade anymore. But um, I th- he's, he's done a great job. He's put some good overtakes in. He's been relatively consistent. Yes, had a couple of issues. But general pace-wise, qualifying and in the race, he does seem to be a bit off of it in comparison to his teammate, who's got a lot less experience than him. Um, they've been at the team the same amount of time. But you think with Sykes's pedigree now in Formula 1, he'd be able to maybe deliver that little bit extra, and he, he hasn't in my opinion so far, hence why Lando is, what, fourth or fifth in the standings and Science isn't. Um, so for me, yeah, it's a B- minus for Science. Really good, happy with it, but you expect him maybe to be beating Lando. The end is nigh, ladies and gents. I agree with Sam entirely. I've gone for a B- minus as well. Um, four races, they've all been okay. I mean, they've all been fine. Uh, in, in fact, I don't think there's one bad race in there. The problem is I don't think there's really been one great race in there either. And I think the last time out at Silverstone was looking like his best effort. Um, he would have secured some very good points if he didn't get the puncture. Um, so I think that was his best race so far. But for the most part, he's been he's been good. And I, I say that like it's a bad thing, but I guess compared to his teammate, it sort of sort of is a bad thing. And he had to get out of the way, essentially, for Lando Norris as he went on to the podium in that first race. And, and Sainz hasn't hit those heights yet. So, yeah, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a B minus two. Moving on to uh, Charles Leclerc, currently the lead driver at the Haas B team. Harry, have you got? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I am going to give Chuck a C minus. Um, was that too hard? Are you mad? Are you mad? Well, okay, C plus then. Um, he did get a very good podium. I mean, he shouldn't have been on it anyway because Bottas is puncture, and he still finished well behind Hamilton, who finished on three wheels. But that Ferrari is bad. Um, he had a good puncture, uh, a good podium in Silverstone. Uh, he did have did he have a podium at the first race? Yep. Yeah, but then he then he ran into his teammate, and that that's got a that knocks you down a few grades. It's like punching your teacher in the face. Um, <laughs> Is that a thing that happened? <laughs> what school are you? I mean, you ain't sorry, folks. In our local area where we grew up, Harry did go to the kind of school where people would punch their teachers. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, no, I, I, I think he's he's done well, but just because he completely fluffed that first um that first lap in in Aust- the second race in Austria, I'm gonna give him a C plus. All right, Sam. C plus, higher? I mean, yeah, that was he's fluffed it. I looked at that and I went, You plonker, Rodney. So <laughs> honestly, that I think is the only blemish on what for me has been a really strong season for Charles Leclerc. I, I said that he would beat Vettel at the start of the season. I was so impressed by um by what what he's done in terms of getting that podium in a car that clearly isn't podium worthy. You know, there are uh, in my opinion at least three, if not four, cars better than that Ferrari, and he's dragged it onto the podium twice. Yes, okay, Faber's gone his way, but that's racing. Faber has to sometimes go your way to get a good result. Um, and even then, he could finish the one place off the podium, which I still think is too good for that Ferrari. I'm going to give him an A-. minus. I think he is genuinely being one of the best drivers of the season so far, apart from that stupid, stupid move on Sebastian Vettel. Um, but honestly, he's done a, a really good job for me. I've been really impressed. It shows that he's able to drive a car that is struggling. It shows that he's able to fight wheel-to-wheel with a lot of people. I'm I'm really happy. If he continues with this form throughout the rest of the season, he can look back at this and go, I did a really solid job with what is a NAF car. Yeah, I almost went A-. minus. Uh, I settled on B plus in the end. Um, because, yeah, two amazing races out of four. Two podiums out of four is a lot more than that Ferrari is really capable of. So, yeah, that that first race in, in Austria, he did a great job. Last time out, I agree with you, Sam, that even if he didn't end up on the podium, he did a brilliant job regardless, keeping the McLarens behind, keeping Ricardo behind the, the racing point in Stroll. So, yeah, he's had two amazing races. And for me, it's almost he's had the opposite season to Carlos Sainz, where Carlos Sainz has had four OK races. Charles Leclerc has had two amazing races and then two pretty rubbish ones. So, yeah, you you point out the obvious blemish, the one in in the Styrian Grand Prix when he hit Sebastian Vettel. Um, but the Hungary wasn't a great deal better, and I know he wasn't on a brilliant strategy there. But Sebastian Vettel did have the um, did have the know how to to question his team and get himself on a better strategy, and Leclerc didn't. Uh, I'm not saying that should be Leclerc's responsibility, but you know the driver was capable of doing it. Um, and yeah, it wasn't a great race for him, obviously, uh, if, if finishing outside of the points. So yeah, I, I think it's been a mixed season so far. I think the good outweighs the bad, so B+. And the last one, another of those midfield group, Lance Stroll. What would you rate him, Harry? I'm going to give... Goats roll a, a B minus uh, because I think he's he's improved the season. Obviously, the car has as well. But you saw he um he he was on the second row in Hungary. He probably should have picked up a podium at some point now. Um, but I think overall this is an an improved Lance Stroll um than we've seen. Um, but that could be down to the car. But yeah, B minus for me. Ghost Troll. What about you, Sam? Goat Stroll? How much? Um, uh, seven camels for one Goat Stroll? Um, thank God. What a bargain. Uh, now, obviously, I was torn about this one. There were parts of me that were like, A+, plus, Lance Stroll was doing a great job because I was comparing him to last year and that car last year. And he didn't have a great season, but you shouldn't do that. You need to look at his performances this year, in my opinion. 
And in comparison to Perez and what I think that car is achievable, you know, in, in doing, I'm going to give him a C plus. I think he's done well. He's had some good results in a car that, in my opinion, should have already been on the podium. His qualifying has improved, but it's not improved to the point where I am wowed by it. I just think he's finally hitting the mark where he should be. So again, C is average. I think he's doing average. You know, he hasn't really thrashed Perez. Uh, he's been very much just there. Um, and then race results. His race pace has just been a little bit mm, not incredible. We've seen some fantastic drives again from his teammate. Um, some fantastic overtakes from his teammate. I've just not really seen that from Stroll. I am happy with how Stroll has driven this season. I'm not wowed. I'm not, you know, impressed. I'm just like, yeah, that's what he should be doing. So for me, it's a C plus. I hope it continues to grow. I hope he continues to develop throughout the season. And maybe by the halfway point, maybe, you know, race eight or nine, I might be going, yeah, there we go. Stroll's really driving that racing point now. That's good to see. But for me, it's just like, yeah, you're you're doing what I expected you to be doing. Yeah, I'm going to go B minus here. Um, I think he was great in Hungary. He had a really good race there. Um, but to be honest, I think that's the only great one of the first four. He is losing the battle against Perez. It is close, 22 points to 20. Although realistically, that should be 22 points to 18, considering Perez's non-participation in the last race. Um, you know, being that close to Perez, I think is is pretty good. And it's an improvement from Stroll's perspective, without a doubt. Um, the problem is I don't actually think Perez has had a brilliant season so far. Um his race, his comeback race in um, in Styria was pretty great until um, until he made contact with uh, with Albon and um, yeah, I, I think whilst whilst Perez did show some decent overtakes there, I actually think it's been a bit of a scrappy year for for Checo so far. So uh, in normal circumstances, I think Stroll would actually be uh, a little bit further behind Perez than what he is. Having said that, like, like I say, great race in Hungary. His qualifying, even though the car is much improved, his qualifying is getting there. Um, and I think there's something to build on at least. But at this moment in time, it's hard to give him anything other than anything higher than a B minus. Good. Well, that was civil. We didn't tear each other's uh, we didn't tear each other's hair out, and as a result, it's uh, I think it's break time, Harry. There it is. Are they doing turkey twizzlers yet? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Who hopes for turkey twizzlers? Everyone but you, Ben. They were lush. Don't tell me you didn't like a turkey twizzler, Ben. I have a brain. Of course I didn't like them. You Right, you are a turkey twizzler, you absolute git bag. Turkey twizzler. <laughs> turkey t- Honestly, let us know at L Breaking, did you like turkey twizzlers? I'm putting and, a poll out. All right. Put a poll out. Put a poll out. And you know, if you did enjoy Turkey Twizzlers, please do let me know when and where were you dropped as a kid. <laughs> ben says if you don't like them, you, no, if you do like them, you would drop them. Anyway, I think that's a pretty good note to end on. So do you want to get us out of here? If you like Turkey Twizzlers, subscribe and share this podcast. Uh, Don't listen to Ben ever again. He's a moron. Uh, Enjoy the race. Come back on Sunday. We're going to be here with a lot of review content. I'm hopeful it's going to be a crazy British Grand Prix. Happy birthday, F1. In the meantime, I've been Samuel Tate. I've been Ben Hawking. And I've been Derek Bell. And remember, keep breaking late.
Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.